0: series entitled Small is the New Big, and if you've been uh, with us for the past couple of weeks, um, we've kind of been investigating in uh, the Bible a little bit about stories uh, that illustrate to us and remind us that uh, as we enter a new year and some of you are facing uh, a daunting challenge of saying, you know what, Terry, I want my faith to be better than it was last year. I want my relationship with God to be better. Um, We've talked about sometimes it's not necessarily those big, huge, momentous leaps that we have to make. But maybe it's just a consistency and trust in an incredible God and some small steps that we can take every single day to make a difference in our lives. With that being said, I want to illustrate to you just a little bit of that point. We're going to talk about a man by the name of Gideon in just a little bit. He is a historical figure in the Bible. He's a warrior. He's a leader. And he is going to get faced when we talk about small is the new big. He's going to be challenged by God, and God's going to play a numbers game with him. And he's going to remind him that, you know what, Gideon, it's really not about you it's really about me. And I think that's a central message for all of us, that a lot of us face this relationship with God, and sometimes we think, you know what, it it really is about me doing a whole bunch of things to make sure that God and I are good. The truth is, is that if we just release and we trust the incredible God, our relationship will be a lot better. And so in order to do that, RP, is RP back in here? RP, there you are, RP, come on up here, RP. I've asked RP to do this. He has no idea what we're going to do. Um, probably over a year and a half ago, I illustrated uh, a, a point on trust, and I'm going to remind all of you about it, and then uh, and then you're going to see something a little bit different. But RP, before we start, um, do you trust me? Sure. <laughs> okay, good. That's confidence, boldness, way to go, RP, I appreciate it. By the way, Doesn't RP do an incredible job on our electric guitar every single week? Yes, he does. Thank you very much. So I'm going to move this back. And so, RP, I'm going to teach you a thing or two about baseball. You're a musician, so, you know, I've seen you on the baseball field, not so good. But anyway, if you could stand and face me, it would be great. And so in baseball... Um, you know, like the Chicago Cubs, they have an amazing group of hitters. They won the World Series, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Um, just want to make sure that was clear. And, you know, they have to cover the whole plate. When a baseball is thrown, there's inside, there's outside, there's curveballs, everything. And they've got to be able to take their bats and they've got to be able to hit the baseball no matter where it's at. And so in, if I were to swing right now, I've got a lot of room between you and I, and I could cover a lot of that plate. But pitchers, they get smart. And pitchers try to attack hitters. And they try to attack hitters inside. And so sometimes the ball will be right here, and it's a strike. But I got to somehow take this bat, and I got to hit that baseball. And so, in order to illustrate this, I'm going to ask you to trust me. You trust me, right? Sure. Okay. So where, where your confidence, boldness, there, where you're standing, you're a little far back. So if you can come all the way, put your belly to this. And oh, you know now that I'm thinking about. This is a kid-sized bat too. Connor got me the wrong bat. It's a little shorter than usual, but I, I think it'll be okay. You try. No, don't move. Don't move. You're okay there. Let me, re- me remeasure. Don't cheat. Move a little closer. You're okay. Right there. Right there. Okay. So what's going to happen is, is I'm going to take this bat, and I'm going to swing hard. And do you trust me that I'm not going to hit you? You used to play baseball, right? I, I did. I did. I did. You trust me? <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. See, let me, let me get a little practice. No, that's not going to work. This is a small bet still. All right, you trust me. Here we go. Ready? All right, can you all help me out here? On a count of three, I'm going to swing and illustrate trust. Go ahead and count it out. Count it out. Ready, go. Y'all didn't think I was going to swing, did you? Didn't hit, didn't hit you, did I? That's great. You trust me, right? Now you have a little bit more trust, a little more confidence, and God does that sometimes in our lives. When we say, all right, God, I don't know if I can do this, I'm going to trust you, and we do that. But now that you trust me, I'm going to ask you to double down a little bit, trust me a little bit further. Can you do that? All right, I want you to get on your knees and face the audience. No questions, no questions. You trust me, you trust me, we got this. All right, I need to focus now because this is a little little harder, so I'm going to put a cap on real quick. And here's what I'm going to do, RP. I'm going to take – you're dropping the mic already. I mean, it's like you're, you're giving up. Um, I'm going to take this cap, um, Chicago Cubs baseball cap, World Series champions, by the way. Um, I'm going to take this cap, and I'm going to put it on top of your head. So look forward, you got, and just don't move. you got to look straight ahead. You don't move, otherwise – I can't be responsible for what happens. Um, but I'm going to put this right on top of your head just like that. Okay. And, but before I do, you see this little red thing right here? That's my target. And what's going to happen is, is the bottom of the bat is going to clip that red dot. And that red dot is sitting right on top of your noggin. Is your head, are you egg-shaped? or are you? Okay, I think you're okay. I think you're okay. So I'm just going to put that right there. That's really close. Man, you should have got a haircut for today for this illustration. All right. All right. So I'm going to swing like I did before. Don't move. Is Allison here? She's not here today. Allison, if you're watching, where's the commitment level, man? Allison, what are you doing? If you're watching by home, you know, I'm a little upset. But anyway, is your disability paid for? Okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. Don't move, don't move, don't move. I need everyone to help me out here. RP is going to illustrate trust, and I'm going to hit the cap off your head without touching your head. Seven out of ten times this works. Don't move! Don't move! Here we go. Ready? Count it off, audience. Whoo! How about a round of applause? Wow! Can you believe that? It's pretty awesome, huh? Absolutely. When you get home, you watch back and you see what an awesome job I did. How about a round of applause for RP? Here's the truth. Here's the truth. I feel like that sometimes. I feel like God sits there in my life, and sometimes I say, Terry, I need you to trust me. And I say, all right, God. And it looks daunting. The task looks daunting. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this, but I get through. But isn't it like, God, sometimes where all of a sudden when you feel like you just got over something, and then all of a sudden God doubles down, and it's like, really, God? I really have to face this too? I didn't need this right now, God. God. I really didn't. I mean, this was hard enough, and now you're going to lay this on me. God, are you checked out? Do you really know what's going on in my life? Have you really, really, really investigated? I mean, when I compare myself to that person, that person looks like they have everything going their way, and meanwhile, I'm sitting here struggling, and I feel like you've got a bat, and you're beating me down again. It's not fair, God. It's just not fair. Well, the truth is there's a man by the name of Gideon, and Gideon is running around, and he's a warrior. And Gideon is having accomplishment after accomplishment, and he's facing really, really difficult armies. And he's going to come against an army, the Midianite army. And this Midianite army has one hundred and thirty-five thousand troops, and Gideon only has thirty-two thousand. And Gideon's going to come up to a place, and he's going to look at a daunting task, and he say, "God, all right, God, I, you know, it's really four to one odds here, God. I mean, I, I just, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this, but you know, we're we're going to trust you." And God's going to double down, and he's going to really see if Gideon trusts him fully. If you're sitting here today and you say, Terry, I'm struggling a little bit with a little bit of that, I want you to pay really close attention to the relationship between Gideon and God, and I'm going to explain what God is doing all the time with Gideon, and maybe, just maybe, you'll learn a thing or two from their interaction. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Judges chapter 7, or you can follow along on the screen, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever you got. But let's jump into the story between Gideon and God. Take a look. The Lord said to Gideon, Hey, bud, you got too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves from their own strength. Imagine being Gideon. All right, God, I got 135,000, I got 32,000. The first thing you have to tell me is I got too many people. God, maybe you created everything, but your math ain't that good. You know what I'm saying? Continuing on. Therefore, tell the people, whoever's timid or afraid may leave this mountain or go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 that were willing to fight. Could you imagine Gideon? He's got his men. All right, boys here's the deal. We're good. We've had success. You're my boy, Blue. Here we go. And all of a sudden, he stands there and he says, if anybody's afraid, remember, we're men. Men, if you're afraid, then you can leave now. Be a coward in front of all the other guys. I'm sure Gideon thought no one's leaving after I set them up. And could you imagine him when 22,000 of them leave? How he must have felt. And now watch this, because some of you feel that way. God, this is tough. And then all of a sudden, God doubles down again on Gideon. Take a look at this. But the Lord told Gideon, there's still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Really, God? I mean, it's tough, but you've just allowed it to get tougher. And you're going to say it's okay for me to go through this? I mean, where are you, God? I just don't understand. If you're taking notes, I'm going to follow you through a string of notes. I really want you to pay really close attention and write some things down because they'll remind you later of this story. But the first thing I want you to write down is this. God loves the underdog. God loves underdog situations. The reason why God loves the underdog situation is, is God is a jealous God. If you haven't figured it out through the Bible, God wants it to be about him because all things come from him, all things good come from him. It's not anything that we do, it's everything that he does. And so in our lives, when we start to take a little bit of the credit, when we start to look within ourselves, when we start to trust ourselves over God, God says, okay, Gideon, you've had success, you're getting a little too confident, and I don't want your army or the Israelites to think it's about you, and so I'm going to double down and I'm going to allow some things to happen to prove and to show them that it's about me. And so if you're feeling like an underdog right now, and if you're saying, Terry, I don't think I can face this because I don't know what God's doing, I want to remind you something about the underdog. An underdog is someone who is facing a task, and the likelihood or chance of them winning is slim to none. This might be the only message for some of you underdogs in this room. If you're a Christ follower, and if you have Jesus Christ, or if you have God in your life, and you are leaning on him, you will never be an underdog in this life because you have the God who moves mountains. You got the God who created the playing field on your side. And God wanted to remind Gideon, do you really trust me, Gideon? Because you know, this is not about the challenge or the 135,000. This is really about me and you. This is really about you focusing on what God's speaking to your heart. And some of you need a reminder that while you feel like an underdog, you are never an underdog. Do you want to know how I know this? Number one, because of the Bible, but number two, because Clemson won the national championship this week. And if you're a Clemson fan, here's something that I saw. Dabo Sweeney, the head coach, had something to say about underdogs. Take a look at this clip. Um, You know, this is a team that has no fear. You know, they just believe. They just flat out believe uh, to us, this was not an upset. Uh, I, I told us the last thing I told him, I said, I don't want to hear one word about this was an upset. Before we took the field tonight, I said, when we win the game, this was not an upset. This was an expectation. And uh, every one of those guys expected to win the game. In your life, when you face a major challenge, can you honestly say that when you face that challenge, that you don't wonder if you're going to get through, but you expect to accomplish it, whatever it is, because you have God on your side. Here's the truth, and I want you to write this down. When facing a difficult challenge, your belief, trust, and relationship with God is more important than the challenge itself. When facing a difficult challenge, your belief, your trust, and your current relationship status with God is more important than the challenge itself. What do I mean by that? Some of you are facing relational difficulties and it's a challenge and you keep looking at the thing and you want the thing to be better. And what I'm saying today is maybe it's not about the thing. Maybe it's about you where your belief, your trust and your relationship status is and trust is with an incredible God to take care of it. Maybe, just maybe, it's not about the big wall or hurdle in front of you. Maybe it really is God saying to you, Where's your heart with me? Do you feel like an underdog? Or do you actually believe that you are? There's no underdogs when it comes to God. Let's take a look at the next point here. When Gideon took his waters down, war- warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, all right, Gideon, divide the men into two groups. In one group put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group Put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Two different groups. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. Pause. I've read the Bible several times, and I know this from going to seminary and everything else. There are a lot of things in the Bible that you can absolutely hang your head on and say, this happened exactly like it was said. There are some things that are gray and that there's a lot of interpretation and a lot of scholars just give their feedback in and you say, I don't know for sure if it happened this way, but it could have happened this way. I can promise you I know exactly what happened with Gideon in this moment. Gideon stood there and watched his 10,000 men separate into two camps, one with 300 and one with 9,700. And he knew that God was going to pick one to go with him in the battle. I can promise you this is exactly what Gideon did. Dear Lord, please let it be the 9,700. Please let it be the 9,700. Dear God, please let it be the 9,700. You can look back. I'm sure there's pictures somewhere in a biblical. You will find it in the Dead Sea Scrolls. I promise you that's what he did. But the truth is is that some of you, when you face that challenge, you're looking at God who doubles down and you say, God, I just went through this and now you're going to do this and now I've got to face this and now this is on my back. Are you kidding me, God? I can't do it. I want you, if you are not a note taker, this is something I want you to remember, that when you feel this way, please put it on your mirror at home, read it and remember it. Because when it comes to this, here's what God is really trying to do. God doesn't want to give you misery, but he does want to give you a memory. God is not out to make your life miserable. And for some of you right now facing a difficult challenge, you're just looking at God and you've lost your faith, you've lost your trust. Some of you, you haven't even fully trusted him yet and you've just said, God, all right, I'll try, I'll try. And then you feel as if God has let you down And you sit there and you say, well, how can I trust a God who's going to let me down? I promise you, God is not out to make your life miserable. He's trying to create a memory for your life. There are some of you sitting here that I'm looking at faces that I have walked with you through misery in a month period or years period, whether it be health or relational. And during the time, you felt like you were the soccer ball and God was kicking you. But now if I were to ask you, how are you doing now? You would look back and say, Terry, I didn't like it then. But I thank God that he allowed this to happen because I am a far better person. I can lean so much more on God because he was there. Whether good or bad happened, he was there. And I trust him more. Write this down. When you take God with you into a challenge, many times the challenge will take care of itself if you just focus on your relationship with God in the midst of a challenge and do what God's called you to do trust him I promise you there are many times God will take care of the challenge itself you will walk away and go I didn't really have to do much it wasn't as bad as I thought it was oh my gosh God showed up we see that happen in Gideon's life take a look at what happened Then the Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, I'll rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send everybody else home. (laughs) So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home, but he kept the 300 men with him. The Midianite camp was in the valley just below Gideon. I could just imagine Gideon. All right, boys. God, it sure would have been better with a lot more people. 32,000 would have been good. 10,000 would have been great. Throw a dog a bone here, God. I got 300. What are we going to do? But when God said to Gideon, you can do this, Gideon was faithful. Take a look. That night the Lord said, get up. Go down to the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew the ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Those who were not killed fled to places as far as Bethsheta, near Zerah, and to the border of abel Manoah, near Tebal. All of a sudden, Gideon, he separates his groups. All right, we got 300, you 100 over here, I'll do this 100 over here, and you 100 over there. And somehow, some way, we're going to blow the horns and we'll see what happens. And as they start to race in towards the camp, they didn't have to do a darn thing. All of a sudden, the Midianites started turning in fear and started fighting each other, and they ended up beating themselves. I guarantee it was at that moment that Gideon paused and said, God, this really had nothing to do with our strength to beat an army. This had everything to do with my trust in an incredible God? And that's a question for you. Do you trust him enough to really, really focus and lean on him, trusting that he's going to take care of your battle? Let me illustrate this another way for our Clemson fans. Last play of the Clemson game. I'm going to show it to you in a second. Some of you guys just perked up and said, we get to watch ESPN in church? Praise the Lord! Um, I don't... I'm going to show you this last play, because I was watching it the other day, and what we just talked about was illustrated completely. So let me set this up for you non-sports fans. Six seconds left on the clock, Clemson has to score a touchdown to win the game. They have people called wide receivers who they go out and they try and catch the ball. So they have two at the top of the screen, you're going to see in a second, they have two wide receivers. Covering them or defending them are two players from Alabama. Alabama, the number one defense in the country. The mighty Midianite Army. You're going to see the ball hiked, and you're going to see the Clemson players go out, and you're going to see what happens. Take a look. We got six seconds to play. Watson rolls out to his right. Renfro open in the near corner of the end zone, and it finds him for the game-winning score. One more look. At the championship winning pass. Now, some of you are sitting there saying, well, Terry, I'm no football expert. But that guy was wide open. I mean, all he had to do was just take the ball and throw the ball, and the guy had to catch it, and they won. That wasn't that difficult. I mean, I thought I was going to see the Alabama player right on top of him and make a one-handed grab and fight him off. I mean, he just, I mean, I could have gone in there and caught that ball. I mean, that didn't look that hard. Well, you're right. He was wide open. But do you know why he was wide open? Some of you think, oh, pick play this and that. If you watch really close, you're going to watch the two defenders from Alabama. One of the defenders is actually going to take Clemson player and try to throw him out of the way. And because he did that, Clemson player falls in front of him, trips him, which trips the other defender, the other Alabama defender, and allows for a person to be open. Take a look at the screen right here. Watch it in slow motion. Here comes the pass. Watch the two Alabama defenders. I'm doing play-by-play. I always wanted to do this. Two Alabama defenders above at the top, and you're going to see the top guy right now is going to grab the player, and he's going to try and shove him out of the way because he sees what's happening. As he does, the Clemson player falls down, pushing him backwards, pushing the other defender back back of the end zone, and all of a sudden the Clemson player is wide open. In your life, if you just trust God when a challenge comes your way, sometimes the challenge will absolutely take care of itself. And it could be as easy as throwing to a receiver that's wide open. Let me finish this story really quick. Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men. They chased the Midianites. They were done, and they started running. So he chases them with 300 men. And though exhausted, they continue to chase the enemy. When they reach Succoth, Gideon asked the leaders of the town, Please give my warriors some food. They're very tired, and I'm chasing Ziba and Zaluma, the kings of Midian. But the officials of Succoth replied, Catch Ziba and Zalmunna first, and then we will feed your army. This is why I love the Bible. These are the kind of stories that you miss at the end, and no one really talks about this. But sometimes I feel like those leaders from Succoth. Sometimes when God shows up, even in huge ways for me, even when it's doubled down and the odds are stacked against me and God still shows up and the challenge takes care of itself, sometimes the next time a challenge comes, I still am waiting on God to prove himself. You see, those leaders from Sukkoth looked at Gideon and said, hmm, let's think about this. You want us to give your guys food. If we do that, that means we side with you. If the Midianites gather forces and they come back, they'll kill us because we sided with you. However, if we, side with, if we side with the Midianites, then Gideon, you're right here. You might take your 300 guys and attack us. So how can we get out of this? I'll tell you what, prove yourself. If you prove yourself, we'll side with whoever wins. And we do that all the time. All right, God, another challenge. I'll trust you, God, if you take care of this. I'll follow you, God, if you make my life better. God, I will go to church every single week if you just give me this relationship. God, if you just give me this money, this one time or this job, I will follow you. Meanwhile, all we're doing is looking, God, we're not showing him any kind of trust. We're just treating him like a genie. Here's the truth. God doesn't have to prove anything. He never changes. God's not the one who changes. We are. God doesn't move from our lives. We move our lives from him from time to time. All month long, we've been doing what we call fact over feeling. And some of you are challenged right now by God. You feel something going on in your heart and in your mind saying, I should trust God with this. But you're battling your feelings and your emotions. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can do this. And you're battling This is why fact over feeling is so important. Your feelings will lie to you every single day. But the truth, the truth are the facts of life that you need to live by. And so I'm going to show you a couple of facts, and I'm going to challenge you to write them down and to live by them this week. Fact over feeling. When you can honestly say you trust God, you give him thanks for the good times but you learn to celebrate him during the bad times. When you face a challenge and it doesn't go your way, you celebrate God. Do you want to know why? Because he knows more than you. He sees your future more than you do. He knows that if you didn't get this relationship or you didn't get this job, something better for you is planned. And so in the moment, you might feel horrible, but when you learn to say, God, I didn't get it, but I celebrate you, because you haven't changed. You are still God and I'm not, and I trust you. When you students in your life can learn in the bad moments when it doesn't turn out your way to sit, to pray, and heartfully look at God and say, I celebrate you. I celebrate you. That's when you know that you have trusted an incredible God. And the reason why trusting is so important is because the fact comes from his words. Take a look at this, Proverbs 3, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding and in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. If you today put fact over feeling, If you today remember it's about your relationship and your trust in incredible God, it's more about what's going on between you and him than you and the challenge. God can show up like he did with Gideon and do an incredible work in your life that will change you, your family, your coworkers, and your community. The question is, will you place a small bit of trust in incredible, big God? Let's pray. God, I pause, and I know in this message, I know that you are cheerleading. Because, Father, through Scripture, it's not about us. It's about the Creator. And, God, you would love nothing more than what's best for your kids. And when we fight you, when we just tell you, I don't know, I don't know if I can do it, God, how that must just, oh, I just can't imagine how you feel. We've got the most incredible God on our team. And yet when we face a challenge before us, we doubt, we tell you to prove it one more time, or we question. God, we enter into it not with an expectation, but hoping. I pray for the single mom who's at the end of a rope. And I want to remind you that if you trust an incredible God, that he has your best interests at heart, and that no matter what you face, it's about your relationship with him. And I promise you, promise you, he will not fail you. I pray for the marriage that's about to break. I pray for the husband and wife that instead of looking at one another and blaming one another, I pray that you would pause for a moment first and look within and ask the question, God, am I trusting you? Whatever God is crawling and screaming into your heart at this moment, I pray that you, this week, would put fact over feeling and trust him implicitly. So God, I pray that as we take steps towards you, I pray, God, that you would encourage us and remind us that you are an incredible and amazing God. We love you, Father, and we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Oceanview, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.